welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so happy that you're here. And one of my greatest fascinations in life are dreams. I just love to dream and to uh, just understanding my dreams and I heard Carrie Hone on a different podcast and she's my guest today. She's amazing at her work. She's a dream analyst and an author and she explores spirituality through nature. She has passion for ancient traditions and she has been working with dreams for a few decades now and she's written books about dreams and yeah in this episode we talk about what dreams are she explains how we can interpret our dreams and she has done a lot of work with people from all over the world for many years so it's very interesting to hear how we can interpret our dreams and she also talks about dreams as being healing and we get into the psychology behind it and she's an expert in symbols and eastern archetypes she's working with the tao and the i ching and she's just yeah it's it was just amazing to talk to her and i hope that this episode can help you to connect more with your dreams and to work with your dreams to use it as a inner guide on your path and on your healing journey so i hope you like this episode and if you do it means the world to me if you leave a review a rating on itunes i always do an oracle card reading for those that have so you can screenshot it and send it to me and let me know what you think about the episode on instagram or facebook at love positivism thank you so much for being here and enjoy Hi, Carrie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shireen. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful that you're here today. And I want to start by asking you, how do you stay mindful and present? Well, I pretty much just stay in the moment. I don't really, um, I try not to have any sort of like judgments or any sense of being disconnected from absolutely everything around me. So I'm just kind of walking around in awe most of the time. Mm. Uh, just, you know, w- watching how I'm a part of this greater field. I write a lot about the field, the field mm. of interconnectivity. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I really wanted to talk to you and to get to know you better and the listeners as well, because I heard you on another podcast talking about dreams and dream interpretation. And I think that's so interesting. So maybe you want to share about your background and who you are to start with. Okay. So um, I basically was kind of 
born for some reason understanding dreams or really being drawn to them because when I was a little girl I would interpret everybody's dreams and you know I kind of grew in I'm also a musician but and poet and writer and but I kind of I kind of started to I think my reason for being in poetry liking poetry let's say is I see dreams as that sort of metaphorical language that like mm. if you would have been if you, if any, if like 90% of people read poems, they don't get it, you know, but, and those people that take the time to la allow the metaphor to really stir them, you know, that's, that you get a sense of how, how dreams are working. And I feel like people have a hard time, really, they just dismiss their dream, or even if, even myself, sometimes my own dreams, I think, you know, our own ego has a reason for repressing or dismissing something. And we're dreaming of what we're not facing by day. And so when we look at a dream literally, a lot of times we can't understand it. We have to look at it metaphorically. And then, you know, I went to school and studied psychology and I found myself kind of, um, it, this was, I guess, the 90s, kind of being torn or, or being forced to choose a path between uh, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung as if they were like not compatible. And so it's kind of, you know, frustrating because I really, I like a lot of what Sigmund Freud uh, writes about, or, you know, I mean, obviously he was like the first one to really understand the language of the unconscious, but I like how he describes, you know, the way dreams are like onions or the, the, the genius of the psyche to grab that one symbol that can have like three different meanings and capture the complexity of a situation. And I, li I like Carl Jung because he sees more of the evolutionary aspect of what's happening with dreams, where Sigmund Freud saw it as a lot of wish fulfillment. And I think there's room for both of them. And so I kind of, you know, I, I started, um, I guess I had a, a, an online dream dictionary when the internet was kind of just coming on the scene. And and my web developer said, you know, you should really build an app because that will attract people to your website. And so I built an app that interprets your dreams on I, iTunes and it like shot to the top 10. It was like, and it was during a time when I was writing a lot about dreams and publishers were like, well, you know, people don't really believe dreams have any meaning. And seriously, they thought that, but then the app, the success of the app really showed that the early adopters are people that would be into, you know, that. And so now, I mean, it must, it, it probably sounds silly because I think most people now agree that their dreams are very relevant. And so it's sort of just, you know, I mean, I guess I could say I started out just knowing that, <laughs> you know, but yeah. I had, but I had to kind of grow up into the, what the world thinks of dreams. And so I've been, you know, interpreting dreams for people all over the world for decades. You know, I do a lot yeah. of, I do a lot of it online through email. Because if I, if you sit with somebody and they try to articulate their problem, it can go on for days or weeks or, you know, and a dream can just sum it up really cryptically in one sentence. You know, you can mm -hmm. sit, really see what's going on with somebody. And I like using the words because, you know, presenting it back to them. So that's kind of what led me to where I am. Wow. And I think dreams are so fascinating and such a huge part because of our life because we we sleep so much mm -hmm. like throughout uh, a day and um, we have we don't put so much emphasis on it i think some people don't even appreciate mm -hmm. sleep like we we just want to 
get it over with, right? But there's so much that happens. Well, it, you know, it's the same mind. It's the same mind mm -hmm. that's, um, that's having our, I mean, we could say our experiences are teaching us something. We're interacting with others, we're adopting and changing our beliefs or whatever's going on. It's the same mind. It goes to sleep. The only difference is a lot of consciousness and uh, the body's paralyzed areas that would be um, ego oriented or our sense of logic, there's like a lot of these aspects of the brain shut down, they're abated. And mm -hmm. so we we're, we have more of a sense of wonder in our dreams, but we're learning the same. And and it doesn't matter that we don't remember them. It's like it, the, the mind is like a digestive organ. So it's mm -hmm. going to, it's going to eliminate, let go of the ideas that can't work through that don't serve, you know, our growth and our strength. And and it's going to, you know, take the core of the ideas that make us stronger. And so it's kind of like I, it's one mind. It's just behaving differently during the day. It's kind of more left brain where at night then it's more right brain. Or I know they don't really believe in the right and left brain so much anymore. But <clears throat> there's this part of the mind that sees life holistically and as the connectivity, you know, how we relate to everything. And then there's a part that's very logical. And that's why, mm -hmm. that's why right when we wake up, you know, we've spent, we've been in this sort of um, spatial realm of, of symbols and imagery and kind of an artistic way of, ex of exploring ourselves. And then the, the, as we wake up and we shift back into that analytic, analytical side of the mind, it's completely incompatible. The ego doesn't want to know what we're dreaming about. They're like, it's like two yeah. sides of the mind, but. Yeah. And I think it's, you you touched on it but how like there's so many ways to um uh, describe what a dream is like what it what what it really is what's happening when we're dreaming maybe you can talk about that like what what is going on well you know i i feel like when we're young, okay, it's like everybody's probably remembers those dreams of going to school in your underwear, you know, or mm -hmm. some, you know. So as as we are in our little family unit and safe, then we, you know, are forced kind of to go in and behave a certain way. And yes, that's good. And no, that's bad. And and there may be some budding part of our authentic self that is, you know, beautiful and perfect, but at, you know, because it doesn't fit in. We, we feel ashamed and we, we sort of repress it. And, and then as we, as we grow up, those sides of ourselves, like our authentic being is going to want to express itself. So I feel like when we're dreaming that side of ourselves, then, you know, for example, um, a lot of very um, successful women that were very nurturing as children, maybe took care of the other brothers and sisters, but maybe the mom and father divorced and the mom might've had you know, drinking problems or, you know, for whatever reason, this girl child becomes kind of the caregiver to the caregiver. And there, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of stress and, and maybe she's called a black sheep and there, you know, so she gets really strong and obviously she's very nurturing and she grows up and she, you know, has an awesome career, but she keeps having a stalker dream. Somebody's trying to break mm -hmm. into her house. And, and that's that side of her that when she was little and heard she was no good or she's bad or the black sheep or whatever, you know, it has to come out and be allowed to sleep in its own bed. So it's sort of like the side of us that's knocking on the door. Hey, I'm not, I need to be 
understood because this isn't right. This is this is a beautiful part of you and you need to work through it. So I kind of, you know, as so I see dreams as sort of a way of balancing out the things that we repress throughout our life that really, once we allow the expression, like with, with soccer dreams, it's funny because I, I see it a lot with these successful women. At the minute that we start talking about it, they stop having the dream. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, obviously it allows their life to be more authentically present. There is, you know, they can say, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't, I don't have, I'm not repressing anything. Or, and yeah, there was this little chip that, you know, they kind of hid away. And so they're, mm-hmm. so they're able to live more fulfilled. And I, it's not like our story was there when we were young. Life is this, you know, blossoming of our authenticity continuously being shaped and molded. And, and so, you know, yeah, a lot, some people would say, well, there's a spiritual aspect to dreams. The angels are speaking to us. I know there's a lot of ancient texts, like even the Bible and Genesis, you know, and Mm -hmm. the book of Job, you know, say how God speaks to us in dreams. And, you know, there's, there's, we can say the higher self, you know, some, some part of us knows us better Mm -hmm. than we know ourselves when we dream. And, um, but I feel like it's more of a natural mechanism. You know, I feel like we're born with the seed that we're going to blossom into. And just as a plant might have some something that's limiting its growth, it's going to have to turn a little bit to face the sun. And between our daily experience and our dreams, we're able to really reach up and become the highest expression of what we're capable of. Mm. Yes. It's so interesting because also... Recently, I had an experience um, which was very. Sometimes I have uh, it feels like when I some dreams are very strong and so clear when I'm meeting, uh, let's say, a friend or a family member or something like that. And I had such a clear sometimes I can have dreams about others, things that they are experiencing, but maybe I'm not that consciously aware in, on, on the conscious ego level, but I, I dreamt about my friend that was going through something. And um, yeah, I, I got like confirmation afterwards mm-hmm. that, that those things were happening. It, like the person could understand directly why I was dreaming those things. Mm-hmm. So I think that that link is also interesting. How, how do we work with dreams like that? Well, in um, I have a couple of books about dreams, and one is the mythology of sleep, and it sort of looks mm-hmm. at it looks at dreams as sort of the mythical tales, like you're the hero of this fantastic adventure. And I break the dream down into three parts, um, and and you you see this when you're dreaming of something, and then all of a sudden it morphs, but it's but you have a sense that mm-hmm. it's the same dream. And, and so mm-hmm. the first aspect, a lot of times, is describing the conflict through the symbols. And then it morphs into something else, and it can relate to childhood or, you know, some, your home you grew up in. or you know, so, so you get a sense of the symbols that are describing where, what, what this is rooted in. <clears throat> and then the third portion often has, you know, the aha. It's, and I always say the, the craziest part of a dream, the part that you want to dismiss, is the part that's richest in you know, transformative clues, but it's in that third portion that I often see a prophetic quality. So, you know, and Mm. again, you know, like I was saying in the beginning, I write a lot about the field. I mean, we don't really, we have a sense of points in space, you know, time, we're stuck in this sort of place of 
of what we know and what we can actually tangibly touch. But we, but we see, even if we study weather, weather patterns in Africa that become a hurricane in, in Louisiana, you know, there's this big membrane of connectivity. And, and I feel, and then again, as the mind is not a different mind, somebody else's mind when we're dreaming and then our mind when we're awake, you know, we, we're capable of so much more. And I really feel like we can have, we can get, get a sense of the future because it, in some level science tells us it's already here, you know, in the past, mm. you know, that our sense yeah. of time is. So in terms of reaching out and connecting with those, you know, that have passed or friends that we have now or, you know, synchronicity. And that's another thing that I see mm. a lot when I'm work, I do dream work one-on-one with people and every single one of them will see how synchronicity um, increases for them because since they're paying attention to their dreams, they can see that, wow, I, you know, my dreams have been really revolving around this acorn. <laughs> and then, you know, everything right. is that they see then the next day or, you know, it comes back to that symbolism. And it's only because, <clears throat> excuse me, it's only because they've been really, you know, working with their dreams that they see that. So the, the thing about your friend, you know, yeah, we, we have connections that we, don't really understand, but I believe are there. But I also feel like the people, you know, I feel like that when we're dreaming, the mind is trying to understand itself through symbols of everything that it can draw on. And a lot of times the other people in our dreams, like Brad Pitt, he's a big archetype for people in their dreams because he represents a masculinity, the anim- anima, mm-hmm. let's say, for the woman, that power to, <clears throat> to provide for herself. And yet there's a sensitivity about him. So he's a real good symbol for blending the feminine and masculine. But, you know, just because other people appear in our dreams doesn't mean, oh, we're supposed to call them the next day. The dream often isn't about the other person. It's about the qualities that we're, that we're exploring and how they relate to us, whether we're adopting or discarding those qualities. So. Mm. Okay. And. Um, how, so one thing that happens is that some people, they can recall a lot of dreams and maybe every day and some people are not feeling like they're dreaming. Um, I'm wondering, because usually if you have a dream, uh, you wake up, you can remember it clearly for a very short period of time and then it fades away. Like, how can we keep track of our dreams and, and why why do they fade so quickly? Well, what I find too is like, it's kind of like yoga. You know, you can go into yoga and go, mm. get into, you know, downward facing dog and you've never done it before or you, you know, your body pushes back and, you know, and you can start whining and, and decide not, that you don't like yoga or, you know, you can breathe yeah. through it and, you know, do it for a few sessions until your, your body's able to ac- accomplish the poses. And, and I feel like, you know, when we do make the choice to start working with our dreams, it fast forwards our growth. It fast forwards our evolution because we, we're working with some side of us that's, that's in, uh, in alignment with what we need, what, where we're going. And so it's that sort of um, discipline that we would say, okay, I really want to remember my dreams. And just doing that seems to make us 
remember them or we, we get a book or, or a uh, writing tablet, you know, something to put by the bed. And, and, we ha- and, and as I was saying before, because we're dreaming in a, using a different part of the mind. Now, I'll say this again. The body is paralyzed for everyone when, when we sleep. And that keeps us from acting out in our, on our dreams. So it's as if, you know, there's a design to all of this. And then any, and the parts of the brain that are associated with self-consciousness, um, ego, uh, some of the logic portions, they're, they're all shut down. And so we're more of this like open-minded witness. And then these symbols just flow freely of, of the mind looking at itself through all of these imaginings, let's say. So you're in this really creative mm-hmm. space of like, I'm not afraid to let go of that thing I thought shamed me when I was little, you know, but when, because ego is always looking around to see what's wrong and or out of place, it's a, it's like a very, you know, uptight little part of our mind. So the minute we start to wake up and we shift back into that orientation of life, it's not, it doesn't want to know all that. It's found a way to stay safe. You know, so like, don't, uh, don't disrupt it. So just that, that sense of, of wanting to know more will, um, will help us. And I also find that when people start working with me, it's almost like some part of them knows that there's someone there that can interpret. <laughs> I, always, I don't know if you know who Lewis and, Lewis and yeah. Clark and Sacagawea, the Indian lady that helped, or the North American uh, native that helped them, you know, translate with all the tribes as they were exploring, you know, what used to be the old United States. But, you know, it's like I, I see myself as Sacagawea that I can translate this language of dreams. And it seems like it then all of a sudden, you know, they, they may only sometimes remember their dreams and then they send me books of dreams like they remember everything. So it's, so I feel like it's really, um, it's really that, like, yeah, there's a, I know there's a side of me that, and, and you feel it sometimes because you'll wake up and a dream will be so bizarre that you remember it. And there's a reason for that. You know, it's like, I, I see it like the, also the, Tro, the Trojan soldiers that use the horse to, or the Greeks, Greeks use the yeah. horse to break into Troy. You know, it's like, there's this wall that, that we have to, that our dreams have to press beyond. And sometimes they'll use these bizarre symbols and it seemed, you know, so the next day you're thinking, why did I dream about a lady with forks in her hair or something or, you know, but, you know, there's a reason there's a, there's, there's a message and all that. And sometimes the bizarre symbols are able to make it back into waking consciousness. So, you know, when people say, mm-hmm. how do you, um, how can you remember your dreams more? One is before you go to sleep, you know, be, be that same openness, just like you're going into yoga. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but I'm going to, you know, I want to, I want to know more. And then the, when you wake up, this is really key. Do not analyze anything. Like try to stay like, and, and even if you only can capture one symbol, usually the dream is repeating itself. You know, it's the same message in different landscapes. And so if you can just remember one thing and then write it all down before you analyze anything, because the minute the mind starts analyzing, it becomes more of that left brain. I like to call it, you know, logical side. And, mm. and so, you know, just bit by bit. And I, and I, and part of it's just, proof, I guess, once, once some, once you have recorded your dreams and you see that they're so enlightening, you know, you make more of an effort to do so. And, and I'll say this too, is like, even though we're not remembering our dreams, they're still changing us, 
you know, they're still, we're still, it's like that digestive organ. So it's that we don't have to remember them. And for people who say they don't dream, that's not true because anybody that goes into REM rapid eye movement sleep, you can see the eyelids are flickering because dreaming is taking place. Everyone dreams and anyone who doesn't dream that there's a diseases that cause this. These people, you know, you can get into psychosis. People can die from not being allowed to dream. So it's a, it happens for everyone. And like you were saying, you spend so much time sleeping. Yeah. Almost half of our life, you know, but it's like a third of our life minimum. We're in this state, even animals are doing this, you know? And so there's definitely some healing properties to dreams and we are all dreaming. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, I've also started having the practice of of writing the dreams down because it's interesting to see over time, like, what's going on. And maybe certain time periods are related to certain themes. And um, I think it's really mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. I love dreaming. It, it feels like I'm in a different world and I can see different places that I haven't mm -hmm. seen uh, in real life. So I think it's really like an mm -hmm. adventure. And then, I mean, some dreams are, one of the, the I think the most uncomfortable things are these, uh, uh, when you have this sleep paralysis, but you feel like you're awake. Mm -hmm. I, it's, I really, ha I had it a couple of days ago. And it, I felt like I was like, I just woke up in the night, but I'm like, in bed and but then strange things mm -hmm. starts happening <laughs> and I'm like paralyzed I can't move and then it becomes very uncomfortable because usually there's someone else there that is it, maybe maybe it can be yeah. like a ghost or a mm -hmm. demon or something like that so I was really scared and usually I wake up from that state so I don't know what that is like, well can you remember that? I was saying that the body is designed to be um paralyzed while we sleep because if we're dreaming we're not gonna if we think we're we're like reaching out and grabbing something our arms aren't meant to be flying all yeah. over the place you know and so Every night we are paralyzed in our sleep. And sometimes, and it's very common, you know, you can achieve a sense of wakefulness. Maybe you heard a noise. Maybe, you know, I know one time I woke up or I was dreaming of, of uh, a lady mm. yelling in a closet. And in the dream, I'm thinking, what, what part of me mm. is like in a, you know, not being expressed or whatever. But then I thought, oh my God ego <laughs> and and there was a scorpion yeah. next to my head on my pillow i swear to god oh. i was i was camping oh. and it was like some part of my body was screaming that there's a scorpion I, you know i mean that's i literally woke up but anyway i'm just saying something can trigger oh. the you know the mind or whatever just to, to to wake up before the body has released that paralytic feature and because that dreamy mind is so powerfully nebulous so imaginative, anything's possible. It's like, you know, because that mind is still at play and the body's now paralyzed, then of course all our fears and, uh, you know, they can take form in the sense that, oh, there's something sitting on my chest, pressing down, trying to smother me and no, I can't yell out, I'm trapped. And, and it's just basic sleep paralysis. And there's not, you know, and that's another mm. thing, you know, I always say, you know, nightmares are a positive sign that some very valuable part of us is quaking 
waking up within the psyche. Um, you know, so there's never any bad mm. thing going on with dreams, even if it's, you know, I mean, I've seen it all, believe me. <laughs> and, and when people write me mm. with nightmares, I always, you know, try to really respond right away because it's like, don't, don't be, don't be worried here. There's some really, you know, good stuff that's trying to be expressed. And sometimes it has to take the form of that, wake up. This is so bad that, you know, that you remember it, you know, and so. Mm, very interesting. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because they do like dreams affect us so hard. I think sometimes it feels like you're more uh, like all emotions get enhanced mm -hmm. in, in the dreams. So everything that you feel in real life becomes so um, like mm -hmm. so big in the dream. So it, it really, it does affect and our well, emotions, yeah. right? Well, that, that was what I was yeah. saying before about poetry. And, you know, I think of like, all right, that it's that Robert Blake, I think it, uh, the poem, Captain, Oh, Captain, his father's dying, right? And he's, but instead of saying, oh, I'm so sad my dad is dying or, you know, he writes in a, in a, mm. like the ship, like you get the sense of the command that his father had and the life that they shared together. And, and it's very, you know, so when you hear a poem, it's a more of an emotional expression of, of something. Mm. And that's what dreams are doing. They're using metaphors. They're using a symbol. For example, can I talk about the, the two dreams that you, and, okay, so in yeah. in your first dream, yeah, um, you were you were talking about the landlady upstairs, you know, and, and again, like mm. you have to look at all these symbols yeah. as representing, you know, in a house is our paradigm. So the basement can be things that we're digging to uncover. The kitchen can be where we're looking for more fulfillment in life, even though it's food, it represents kind of a greater sense of fulfillment. The bathroom often we we dream of that setting. You know, there's a very common dream where you have to go to the bathroom, but there's no walls, can relate to intimacy, being truthful, revealing ourselves. Um, so each part of the house, if you can be in a familiar house with a strange room, which can be you exploring potential. So if you're in your house or, you know, living space and there's a lady that that's above that, you know, that could relate to your higher self. And I think in that dream, you said she had like they had opened the ceiling which, which is symbolic yeah. of opening <laughs> up to more possibility. And then the things, the symbols that she's throwing down through that ceiling opening, I think it was like a, what was it? A water first, which is like the emotional, let, yeah. let, let your feelings go. And there was like tires that had to do with motivation and how you're moving forward. Maybe, you know, like there's this free, free flowing sense, right? And I can't remember what, was yeah. there anything else in? Oh, pots like again. Pots. So like, so pots are things that <laughs> yeah. we cook in that nourish us. And so, so when you look at all the symbols of that mm. dream, it, you could basically say, Oh, your higher self is trying to help you open your, open the ceiling. Sky's the limit. This has to do with how you're moving forward. Car, your tires move you forward. Uh, the water has to do with allowing your, your emotions to really be a part of the work that you're doing maybe. And, um, the pots is the, is also relating to like how you're nourishing yourself by what you do, what you're cooking up. And so that was kind of the first dream. Now, normally you'd say, Oh, that was so stupid. The landlady threw all that stuff, you know, and you just dismiss the dream, but look at all mm -hmm. the relevant material that's there. And then a couple, maybe a week later, you mentioned that, you had a dream of, 
it was the glass to the forehead with the chip in it. Okay. Okay. So, so now we're back to the water again. So, so I already know in two dream sequences from you that your emotions are very, very, and a very important part of your work, you know, that you have to really feel Mm -hmm. passionate about what, what you're doing. And then now you've gone from the landlady that, you know, or the lady upstairs, maybe the higher self is like out of the blue, this like barrage of things come pouring through, you know, now you're physically taking a glass and holding it to your forehead. So it's, so just, you were saying that dreams evolve, you know, you, now you're owning that and you're putting it to your forehead. And, and when you say the glass is chipped, that it gives me a sense that, well, maybe you're being too critical, you know, maybe you're being, you know, you're not just letting things flow and, you know, but then again, now your blood is flowing on your clothes and your feet and all the people. And, and so that's that free flowing sense. And when we talked um, in the middle of all that, you and I had a discussion and I believe there was like a tiger on a leash, which really sums up the whole thing yeah. is there's a, you know, there's a very passionate uh, part of you that you're restraining, maybe unconsciously, maybe you're not even aware of it. And that's why then these dreams are like trying to open the, take away the limits that you place above you and stop and you scratch your head with this chip glass because you're, you know, not, you're being too critical. You're, you need to just like let it flow. And so that's that sort of like, um, that sort of guidance that, that comes in different stages. And, and I, when I work with people, I watch them then go from these conflict and guidance oriented scenarios to once it takes about a week before it starts to make its way into experiential reality, the things that we're exploring in dreams. And as we change, as our outlook changes, our dreams change, you know, and in between that is where the synchronicity happens. I see this all the time. There's something that we're working through that seems so foreign that when I repeat, you know, when I'm doing the dream interpretation, the person is like, they don't get it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, it does start to make sense. Like they, they're able to see how their dreams are giving them a message that they had, they wouldn't naturally want to block, let's say. And then as they allow that in, synchronicity will bring an opportunity for them to actually uh, a person may appear and ask him a sentence that says the same thing the dream was doing as if then now in daily life, we have the opportunity to go, yes, that, yeah, that works for me or no, I don't want, you know. And so then we sort of like, we, you know, we begin to evolve and then the dreams that we have, and that's where I see them move more into kind of a natural setting. You know, a house made in the woods and a tree. And, you know, as we get more natural and grounded and it's there's not these chase and fight dreams and there's not these cars being out of control or choppy waters in a boat. You know, now we move more into sort of, you know, this blossoming of of a more natural side of us. So I've worked with dreams for 30 years. Well, since I was little, but, you know, professionally for so long that I see it doesn't matter where we live in the world. They're the same theme, the same, you know, the, the symbols have, you know, a, a meaning. There's a reason each of us chooses our symbols, right? So you can't just say the symbols are universal, but they're, you can pretty much see that there's a, we all go through the same journey. Hmm. 
I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I think also you've mentioned that dreams can be healing. Like how how do do you see that dreams as well, healing? Well, um, they're always healing us because they're helping us uh, relieve, release our self-defeating ideas. So, you know, if, if we, like I said, the, the lady that's very successful and she's, um, she's got, you know, she's been able, because she was such a great caregiver as a child to her siblings, you know, obviously she's, you know, got, she's, she is able to care for herself. She may be living, you know, drinking mm. too much, or, you know, there might be something going on where her life isn't, or she's not able to accept love into her life because her sense of self has a wound, right? And so she she can't really open mm. up. So she then attracts partners that aren't going to commit because she really doesn't want to commit. You know, she can say she's a victim of men leaving her, but some part of her can't show up in the relationship. So the healing in that stalker is so that that part of her can come sleep in its own bed. So in all dreams are healing us, you know, in that way. And sometimes, you know, we can see like um, the psychosomatic symptoms that, you know, I mean, illness, if you're talking physical illness, a lot of times has a, you know, uh, like they use the word dis-ease, we're not easy. We're not, you know, mm -hmm. so a lot of times the things that are wrong with us physically, we, we're going to the doctor, but they can't figure out what's wrong, but, but we're feeling this or, you know, a lot of times it can have like a, you know, there can be something wrong uh, psychically or not psychically, but, you know, we feel emotionally or that we're, that something's wrong. We're, we're having stress or, or whatever, and it can create these things. So, so again, if dreams are revealing what we're repressing, what we're not facing, what we don't understand about ourselves, the more we dig into them, the more we are able to free the entire essence of who we are. You know, like that little girl mm. that, that I was talking about that cared, cared for everybody. I mean, yeah. the whole world would be clapping for her, your beautiful little thing, you know, but she can't know that. Right. Until she's, you know, so she's having these stalker dreams of this, you know, this bad side of her is trying to get in, you know, and and she has to heal on her own. You know, she has to come to that place where, where she recognizes. And, and, and a lot of the work I do with people, obviously, in dreams are going to relate to stuff that happened in childhood or parent parental stuff or, you know, and and. Our parents, you know, didn't come with instructions. They're just human beings. And I love that Cahill's your brawn poem about, you know, your children aren't your children. You're the bow and they're the arrows. And you just have to shoot them out into the universe. And, and I think if people can recognize that our families, you know, are our parents or whatever, they, they weren't perfect. And we can just see them for they did the best they could and get back, get beyond that. And, and live our own lives. And I also love to talk about the idea that in evolution, there's actually like the reason that we're not even like our siblings. I mean, you, if you look at it, um, the sexual reproduction mm -hmm. took the binary vision of replication of things and made it so that two individual things could now make a third. That's completely different, right? 
But then mm-hmm. with our siblings, you'd think, well, then if we're, you know, we should all be alike, but we're not because only elements of the DNA, you know, come over. So, so all, even among our siblings, we're nothing like them. We, you know, our little, our family unit is mm-hmm. always there for us. It's the hearth. It's the hearth fire that we can always, you know, come back to. But, but when we're not getting along with our siblings, nature designed that and, and, it, and it designed it so that competition for supply in close proximity would be limited, you know, that we would end up going a little further away, you know, and, and you see it when little seeds come out of trees and whirl themselves far away from the tree or, or dandelion pods blow or, you know, little spikes jump on the fur of animals to get further down the road. And, you know, does that make sense? So it's like, there, you know, there's no part of our family yeah. that, that we have to uh, co- conform to. We're unique and that, you know, that's what's so beautiful about everyone on this planet has some, you're the only one like you and only you know what it means to be fearlessly who you are. Mm. So that's what dreams really, you know, that's where they become key because they become that conduit to that genetic, you know, seed of our complete unique nature and how we can understand it. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And how how can people work with you if they they want to explore their dreams and understand um, them better? I, I I have a course that um is I think is it it's uh Nature is a guru, but the course Live Green and Blossom, you can find you can find everything about me on my website, Cafe Cafe A Soul, like uh and I think you'll put a link or something. <laughs> I'll put it But in, put but in that particular course, notes, yeah. it's like a one and a half hour video course of it kind of it kind of covers that whole idea of kind of everything I've been saying, but it, it drills into two of the modules really drill into dream interpretation. So I think that's kind of like a, a and it keeps dream, dream interpretation in context to what our lives are about and also nature and why this is all happening. And a, a lot of my inspiration is really drawn from observing nature and, and all that. So, you know, on my website, you can find a link to that course. That's a good place to start. Um, the book, The Mythology of Sleep, is for somebody who really, you know, would like to work with people in their dreams or really understand kind of the uh, the deeper aspects of dreaming. And and each chapter looks at um, the the uh, like the survivor. And I look at like Issus in Egypt and all of their myths and how you know that you get a sense of that family dynamic that leads to that survivor archetype let's say so each chapter is an archetype the warrior from norse mythology or um you know each and it's kind of like so you so you get a sense of how the symbols work and you get a sense of that creative aspect of how dreams are spinning the story of of this archetype that we're living out you know which is also another uh part of dreams that i see is even if people have no no sense of mythology or ancient writings or whatever, you know, I'll have, like, I remember one guy wrote me and there's something about Anubis and I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing it right, but that, that like um, mm-hmm. dog headed Egyptian character or the, you know, it's like they, you, they, you can have mm-hmm. these archetypes appear in dreams 
even if you don't know anything about it. But then as you start digging into it, you see that there's some relevance. So, and Carl Jung, you know who, do you read any? Okay. So he wrote, he wrote about the collective unconscious and, you know, the, the idea that at some level when we're dreaming, we're pulling, we're pulling on some ancient database, you know, and, and it's like, it's sort of, if we dream of these, kind of like your landlady becomes the higher self. Well, the higher self can be represented by the wise woman, you know, the older lady, or or it's very common yeah. that when we are going through some sort of transformation, a very common archetype is, oh, I had a dream that I had this baby. I didn't know whose baby it was, but I was having to take care of it. And that's representing this yeah. rebirth, this new side of us that we're now, you know, we've gone through some sort of transformation mm-hmm. and now we have to care for this new budding side of us. So, so there's these themes and archetypes and, you know, and then also, um, you know, that there's a section in my site, people can submit one dream for an interpretation or they can, I have two different ways that I, you know, work one-on-one with people. Um, one is very comprehensive dream work where I look, I'll look at up to five a week and we really drill into them and you learn how to interpret your dreams. You get, this is where synchronicity really takes off for you because you are so, you know, working with your dreams. So I have, I have that course. And then I offer like, you know, $60 sessions that people can buy a group of three. And we look at one dream a week. We look at, you know, if they like some of the other things that are on my site or like the Ijing or Tarot or, you know, so we can look at readings in conjunction with dreams and, um, so yeah, just I guess on my website you can find all that. That's amazing. I think your work is so beautiful and so important, and I think it's great that uh, all of us can have the opportunity to start working with this aspect of life, which is pretty big as well and significant. Have you? So I think, have you been remembering your yeah, dreams a lot more? Just, I do, but I've I've always had, uh, or as long as I can remember, like always remembered when I wake up. It's very rare that I don't remember dreams. Maybe I'm waking up at a time that that is really like I sleep lightly as well. I don't know, but but yeah, definitely. What, what I think I remember them um, in a deeper way because I also write them down now. So. So I get more details out of them than before, because then it just after a couple of minutes, I would mm-hmm. like forget and, big parts and, of and the dream. And then when we were talking about I, yeah. seeing the dream as every part of it is representing you. So like, you know, if you go back to the yeah. dream and then like there's, as you're interpreting it, there's a part that, you know, if you look at everything as representing you, like, well, what does this mean to me? How is this symbolically capturing some element of my life. And that's where I also have that free online dream dictionary on my website. You know, you can then, it, it helps because mm. a lot of times we can't get objective enough to look at the symbol. You know, if, if we're just looking at some, you know, like you said, the glass of water to your head mm. or, you know, so if, so if you go to the dream dictionary and you can look at, and, and a lot of my dream dictionary is really Jungian based, you know, I, you'll see as, as you read through it, there's a, you know, I come from kind of the same point of view. Um, so then, you know, if you unpack the, the dream you wrote down and you remember that everything is you and you're using more of an objective 
interpreter. <laughs> I also I also have that app on iTunes. You can type your dream mm. into the cloud, yep. and it gives you all the links. But you and that's called Way of Dreams. Just so, just mm. so you, you know, where I think it's like a little. The, there's dreams. like a moon yeah. and a boy, or not like DreamWorks, but some. I don't. It's like uh, he's blowing. He's blowing a dandelion. <laughs> mm. But um, so yeah. So I mean, I'm just. Oh, uh, nice. I think that even even though you can re- you can remember your dreams and keep writing them down, it's being able to get to that really objective. Like, hmm, does my mind want to teach me something, or does some part of me want to grow? And what would be the message? And what is this symbol? And and again. Just I want to say, the the part of the dream that is the most mm-hmm. bizarre is always the most important, because that's where you get that Freudian idea of condensation, where if you peel it away, that 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 one symbol often can really be the the answer to some challenge that you're facing. It can really, you know what I mean, like a like your like your lady with mm-hmm. pu- you know the hole in the ceiling or. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so much in that. Uh, and it, I I honestly didn't know how to interpret any of that until I talked to you. So I think that's great to to get that insight and to learn how to Yeah, there's so much. So you have so much experience in in this for so many years. So you so, really So what are you give studying? Great insights you, and, you had to go and, to lectures. Yeah, I'm studying Chinese medicine, nurse, yeah, a nursing program also. So I've studied some psychology uh, when I studied business many years ago. So I love like taking the psychology parts Uh into are you going to become an acupuncturist as well? Are you going to study acupuncture? Okay. Yeah, I studied studied that at one point. You know, obviously I have a lot of Taoism on my website. I have the I have the aging, but I just, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, exactly. I, I, I'm more mm-hmm. of a communicator, not a quiet person. <laughs> but I love it. I love that you're doing that because I mm-hmm. think it's a very effective science or art, whatever you want to call it. But that's that's great. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I just had a podcast about uh, Chinese medicine and acupuncture too. A friend of mine here in Stockholm. So yeah, I think it's really and also in dreams in Chinese medicine are connected to the heart. And if you have like a lot of nightmares and like dreams that are a little bit disturbing you, it's it's like the Shen or or awareness or consciousness or our soul is not anchored in the heart because it has to anchor in the heart throughout the night. So that's also interesting how, how like the heart affects like the, um, physical, the physical body yeah, and digestion. The, the dreams as well. The sand row. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, which is funny because uh, I don't know if you've mm. ever, if you've uh, read anything on Wang Su, uh, he, well, you've probably heard this though, no, right? So he, He's the uh, one of the yeah. ancient Chinese masters of Taoism, and so there's Confucius, which we've all heard about. There's Lao Tzu, and uh, mm. and then Wang Tzu, but he he's mm. the one that wrote about. He, he had a dream of um, he woke from the dream and he wasn't sure. Or I, I can't remember exactly, but if it was about a butterfly, so he didn't know if in his dream he was a man. Mm. 
dreaming of being a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming of being a man. And and the idea is, and this is what I love about his writing, because I feel the same way too. We have a 24-hour experience and he didn't see any separation between what we're dreaming and what we're experiencing. And the more we let go of that illusion of that boundary, the more mm. that life takes on that sort of wonder that, you know, so as he wakes up, is he the man that dreamt of being the butterfly or was he the butterfly? And now he's dreaming of being a man, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, yeah, I love, mm. I love Taoism and Chinese, yeah. Chinese ancient <laughs> Chinese philosophy. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're yeah, studying that. I love that. Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I'm so happy that you took your time to share with everyone uh, about your work, about dreams. I think so many people will find this well, very interesting. Thanks. And so it's been, it's been fun have... getting to know you and your dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. There's so so many dreams as well. <laughs> And do you have anything else you want to share? Before no, I would just say that, you know, if, if we could just uh, see the state of wonder that we're in when we're in our dreams and try to be in that same state as we're walking around where everything is a, a mirror of us. So there's no sense to protect anything or defend anything. Everything is teaching us something, you know, I think it makes life a little bit easier and in the same way nothing bad is ever happening in dreams you know chaos is is the face of change and it can be painful but it leads to growth and so no matter what's unfolding just know that you know life's been taking care of us since the day we were born thank you so much for listening and if you want to learn more about carrie's work you can go to her website or facebook page that i've link to and also her dream course that i have a link here in the show notes too and let me know if you have recurring dreams you can comment on the instagram post or on facebook uh, and yeah check out carrie's website to learn even more about this it's so interesting such a huge part of our lives we sleep so much so we can take advantage of that uh, that time as well so enjoy and have a beautiful night's sleep take a deep breath in and exhale out namaste